Welcome to this Clifford Chance podcast, which we are focusing on e-signing in light of the fact that many of us are working from home during the coronavirus crisis. We have for several years been considering how execution of documents can be moved to an electronic platform. It's not a new concept, but to date, use of e-signatures has had limited traction on the sorts of transactions in which Clifford Chance are typically involved. However, in the current climate, this has begun to change, more, more so than when lockdown was imposed and people realized that they weren't going to be able to do hard copy execution in the way they had always been used. So in this podcast, my colleagues and knowledge directors at Clifford Chance, Jessica Walker on the debt capital market side, Avril Forbes from the banking group, and Juliet McKean from our corporate area, are going to talk us through what is meant by electronic signature, when it can be used under English law, and consider some of the questions they've been receiving from across our international network as we seek to put the theory of electronic execution into practice. There are many such considerations beyond those which are strictly legal. For example, um, the legal requirements can vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but they may also reflect regulatory um, or other uh, registration sorts. And in particular, there may be different risk appetites in different institutions relating to cloud usage um, or indeed concerns around evidential weight. For this and more, we'll be turning to Jessica, Avril and Juliet and exploring what can be done in the current circumstances. So let's start with um, what is an electronic signature and whether there are different types. Juliet. Thank you. An electronic signature is a signature in electronic form, which doesn't involve physically putting pen to paper. There are different types of electronic signature, including a person typing a name into a contract or email containing the terms of a contract, pasting a JPEG image of their signature into an electronic version of a contract, using a finger or stylus and a touchscreen to write their name electronically into a contract and signing through an e-signing platform such as DocuSign. So are these electronic signatures valid under English law? Yes, electronic signatures are valid under English law. This is the view of the Law Commission set out in its 2019 report on electronic execution of documents, which was endorsed by the UK government on the 3rd of March 2020. In its report, the Law Commission said that an electronic signature is capable in law of being used to execute a document, including a deed. And this is provided that the person signing the document intends to authenticate the document, that is, intends to sign and be bound by the document being signed. And any formalities relating to execution of that document are satisfied. For example, if the signature needs to be witnessed. It's worth noting that the Law Commission's report didn't cover wills and registered dispositions under the Land Registration Act 2002. So that takes account of um, legal validity, but is that the only consideration when determining whether to adopt electronic execution? No, validity of electronic signatures under English law is, is not the only thing that needs to be considered. There are other factors that need to be taken into account, and these include the evidential weights of different forms of electronic signature, corporate capacity authority and internal risk policies of the parties, any signing formalities that must be complied with, such as witnessing, cross-border implications may come into play, 
and electronic signatures may not be appropriate. For example, if a wet ink signature is required at the end of the signing process. And then are other certain practical considerations to think about. Now, when I've been looking at this, we've talked a lot about equivalent evidential weight. And for um, some jurisdictions, such as France, the notion of evidential weight becomes particularly important when assessing whether or not electronic signatures can be used and indeed which sort of electronic signatures. However, in um, the UK, do electronic signatures have equivalent evidential weight to wet ink signatures? Well, in fact, not all types of electronic signatures will have the same evidential weight or will be sufficiently secure, reliable and resilient to fraud. And the Law Commission specifically highlighted this in its 2019 report. So, for example, typing a name into a contract is easy to do and less resilient to fraud than, say, using a JPEG signature, which, again, would not be as robust as using an e-signing platform. In fact, an e-signing platform is the most secure electronic signing method with strong evidential weight, as you get a certificate of completion at the end of the signing process with signing information, which helps for evidential purposes. E-signing platforms also use fraud prevention techniques, such as PIN numbers sent to mobile phones of, of signatories, although these can involve extra time and admin setup, which should be factored into the timetable. So you do really need to think about evidential weight, security and reliability when deciding which form of electronic signature to use. But I suppose that um, it's worth bearing in mind that handwritten signatures aren't immune from fraud and evidential questions can still be raised in relation to documents signed in wet ink. Again, this similarity between wet ink and electronic signatures was flagged in that Law Commission report. And of course, in legal opinions, in financial transactions in particular, we make various assumptions around handwritten signatures, such as the assumption that the signatures are those of the party purporting to sign. These are well-established assumptions that the market already takes the risk on. We then make equivalent assumptions in relation to electronic signatures, such as that the person whose name and signature appears in the signature block of any executed document generated on an e-signing platform is the person who signed such documents. Now, what about corporate capacity, authority, and internal risk policies? Avril, do they permit electronic signatures? These are all important considerations and should be checked. If you've got a corporate entity party, check it has capacity to sign using an electronic signature. For English companies, they don't need anything in their articles expressly permitting execution using an electronic signature, but check that there are no restrictions in their articles on electronic signatures. If there are then no restrictions, there's no need for board minutes to expressly reference execution using electronic signatures. It's also important to check that your signatory's got authority to apply the electronic signature to the document and that they intend to sign and be bound by the terms of the document to which it was applied. Even where a party has capacity and authority to sign using an electronic signature, check also with them that their internal risk guidance permits them and other parties to use electronic signatures. Now, such is the world that very often people confronted with electronic requirements will ask someone else to apply the signature for them, possibly their secretary or someone else. Um, can an electronic signature be applied to a document on behalf of the signatory? Not where a company is entering into a deed. 
So a director or company secretary is not able to authorise another person to sign a deed on their behalf. They need to apply their electronic signature personally. Where a company is entering into a simple contract, unless the person with authority to sign, so for example a director, has an express power to sub-delegate, best practice is that they should apply their electronic signature personally as well. On the other hand, where you've got an individual entering into a document, they can authorise their electronic signature to be applied to the document on their behalf. Um, and another tricky area is the fact that if you've authorised someone, for example, um, on behalf of a company and a power of attorney to execute a document, normally those execution processes will need witnessing. So how can electronic signatures be witnessed? Witnessing is possible for electronic signatures, and the witness also can attest using an electronic signature. The key point with witnessing is that the witness must be physically present when the signatory signs. Virtual witnessing, for example, through a video conference call, is currently not possible. This was the view of the Law Commission set out in its report. It's worth bearing in mind, though, that the witness can attest at a later stage. That said, practically speaking, if the signatory signed the document using an electronic signature, perhaps because printing is unavailable or restricted, the witness is also likely to have to attest the signature with an electronic signature. Given the current social distancing restrictions, it is worth knowing that it is possible for a family member to witness a signature. Ideally, this would be avoided to limit the scope for challenges to the veracity of their evidence. However, in the current circumstances, this may be the only option. There is also case law which supports a witness witnessing signing through a window. For anyone concerned about confidentiality, it's worth also bearing in mind that the witness does not need to see the contents of the document, just the document being signed. And we know that this witness point has been creating concerns for people. Um, if there are concerns around witnessing, consider alternative signing methods which don't involve a witness. For example, for English companies, two directors or a director and company secretary could sign. Or, if your document is a deed, consider whether it really needs to be a deed. Um, a simple contracts are easier. For example, is consideration really an issue? And could the power of attorney be moved into a separate document and executed at a later date? So, um, another thing that we've been discussing with people is whether a complementary statement on execution using an electronic signature needs to be added to the document. What do you think, Avril? Um, certainly, from an English law perspective, such a confirmatory statement is unnecessary because electronic signatures are valid under English law. Bear in mind, though, that this may not necessarily be the case, though, with other jurisdictions. For example, we understand that in Germany, wording may be required to explicitly allow for certain electronic signing methods. If parties are seeking comfort around whether they can respectively sign using an electronic signature, for example, from an internal policy perspective, confirmations could be included as part of the signing instructions to give such comfort. More fundamentally, 
it really might be necessary to look into whether a party is able to sign using an electronic signature, as this will be a matter of law in the relevant jurisdiction, and simply agreeing a statement in a document will not override the law. Yes, I suppose that what we're thinking about are English law-governed documents, but you've also got to be cognizant yeah. of the fact that it will have parties who, for example, are incorporated in other jurisdictions. So my question is, are there cross-border implications? Absolutely. So if your document is governed by the law of another jurisdiction, or you've got non-English parties to your transaction, or litigation or enforcement action in relation to the document might take place outside of England, the legal validity and evidential admissibility of electronic signatures in the relevant jurisdictions must be considered. You should think about obtaining confirmation from local council that firstly an electronic signature is a valid method of execution in that jurisdiction. For your non-English party, that it's got capacity and authority to execute the documents using an electronic signature. And lastly, that the electronically signed document complies with the requirements which are applicable to court or other action. We are also aware that evidential concerns regarding electronic signatures may be more acute in other jurisdictions. In certain cases, this might require more evidentially robust electronic signatures to be used. For example, Kate, you mentioned France already. So in France, it's likely that a qualified electronic signature will be needed. And a qualified electronic signature is the most secure form of electronic signature prescribed by European legislation, and it has the equivalence to a handwritten signature. Another common factor is you might have a local law requirement for a document to be apostilled or notarized, and this might not be possible for a document which has been signed using an electronic signature. Although we are hearing that some notaries are trying to get around this problem and e-notarization may be possible in some jurisdictions. Clifford Chance has published a cross-border briefing note on the validity of electronic signatures in various jurisdictions, which has a bearing here and is available on our website. Yes, it's true. It's also worth bearing in mind that dependent on the relevant market practice as regards the particular transaction type, it may not be necessary to undertake a complete review of the electronic signature requirements in the jurisdiction of each transaction party. What do I mean by this? Well, if, for example, you're looking for a legal opinion in relation to the due execution by a party in relation to the transaction, you are going to have to investigate the particular jurisdictional requirements. On the other hand, for example, in relation to syndicated loans, it isn't market practice to obtain opinions um, for the banks who are entering into the documentation where ostensible authority is largely relied upon. And so there you may not need to undertake such a full examination. This is something to discuss with your instructing party early, what level of risk is satisfactory to them. So Jessica, are there circumstances where using electronic signatures isn't possible? Yes, of course. There will be circumstances where they cannot or should not be used. So as well as the cross-border issues which we've just discussed, electronic signatures will not be appropriate for any documents which require wetting signatures. And for example, this includes documents that are registrable at the UK Land Registry. Another example include where the place of execution is important for tax purposes, or 
where there are restrictions in case law or legislation that apply to the document being signed. And there is also some debate as to whether it's appropriate to authenticate a global bearer note with an electronic signature. Although this concern is also bound up with the question of whether a bearer note needs to exist in physical as opposed to electronic form. Our view is that global bearer notes can be authenticated electronically and can exist in electronic form. But presumably you need to adjust our documentation to establish that. Yes, uh, in many cases the documents will need to be adjusted depending on what they say and if they refer to manual authentication or similar. So you delete the word manual and you expressly provide possibly that you can do so electronically? Yes. Yeah. Um, we've also seen that some UK government bodies have relaxed their policies in the current circumstances regarding electronic signatures. So Companies House has changed its policy and, and now accepts all documents, including forms and resolutions that have been signed using electronic signatures. And HMRC has put in place temporary measures and they will only accept documents sent by email and will accept documents that have been signed using electronic signature for while the temporary measures are in place. Of course, the circumstances will need to be analysed on a case-by-case basis. So it sounds a bit complicated. Are there practical considerations that need to be taken into account as well? Yes, there are. And upfront planning is really key. You know, understanding how each party intends to sign the document is crucial. And if electronic signatures are to be used, these do need to be acceptable to all parties. And you need to think about what type of electronic signature is going to be used and what's the most appropriate type. For example, where a signature needs to be checked against a specimen signature list, it's likely that an image signature is going to be the most appropriate. Or there may be certain parties that require a qualified electronic signature, or maybe they need a PIN number uh, added onto their e-signing platform. And of course, if an e-signing platform is going to be used, these are cloud-based, so parties do need to be comfortable that it complies with any IT, security, or internal risk policies. And I think it's been those issues which have, in some respects, held back people's use of um, electronic signing platforms in the past. But, you know, for example, Clifford Chance, alongside a number of law firms, has DocuSign licenses and can host signings on the DocuSign platform. In our cross-border client briefing on electronic signatures, which is available on our coronavirus pages on our Clifford Chance website, we surveyed our local offices on the use of electronic signatures and e-signing platforms in their respective jurisdictions. For many, it is in principle possible that there are various legal and practical considerations to take into account. And these considerations will feed into any analysis on which signing method to use in the transaction. Now, it's also important to note that not all parties need to sign a document using an electronic signature. Some can sign in wet ink, while others use other forms of electronic signature. Um, in addition to, say, the DocuSign platform, others might be using JPEGs. The original document in that case will be formed of the counterparts signed by each party taken together. When a document's been signed using an electronic signature, there won't be a post-closing evidential version compiles of all the wet ink signatures. 
But if you need a certified copy of a document which has been signed electronically, the signed electronic version is the original document. It is important to keep proper records of how documents have been signed, which can be referred to at a later stage if necessary. For example, if a witness is witnessing an electronic signature, the signatory could email the document with their electronic signature to the witness for the witness to insert their own electronic signature. And this would provide more of an evidential trail via the emails than the witness typing their name into the document or applying their JPEG signature to the document on the signatory's computer. So, um, Jessica, what are the key takeaways, do you think? I think it is very important to realise that careful consideration of execution issues are not new, and lawyers do this already, including thinking about some of the issues we've discussed, such as capacity and authority, what formalities are needed, and if a wet ink document is going to be required. So, so this is something that we will expect lawyers to continue to do. Um, an existing method of signing may still be possible, so if a party has a printer and they're still able to use it, they could sign in the normal way and then scan or photograph back their signature page, provided, of course, that their internal policies allow for this. But if that's not possible, people will need to consider the type of electronic signatures and go through the considerations that we've just discussed, in particular cross-border elements as required, internal policy requirements, and if the type of electronic signature considered is actually appropriate. And clear and detailed evidential records are very important because different types of electronic signatures will be more or less robust and have different evidential weight. And therefore, it will be of particular importance to keep detailed records where a type of electronic signature that may be considered to be less reliable and more susceptible to fraud are used. However, I'd say that the most important thing is time Consider signing as early on as possible in order to flush out any concerns. This will allow any local law issues to be resolved. It will allow any particular type of signing process to be set up, including the use of a new signature platform with either a PIN number or QES functionality. Or it will allow you to put in place a plan B if necessary, such as finding an alternative signatory or converting a deed into a simple contract and thereby avoiding the need to have it witnessed. Thank you. So one thing's for sure, um, homeworking under the coronavirus crisis has produced many challenges for people, and electronic signature is um, but one of many, but a crucial part. If you found this interesting, we have lots of resources, as I said, on cc.com in relation to the coronavirus from across our network, looking at, for example, moratoria provisions under local law, force majeure provisions, employment considerations, tax considerations, just log into cc.com and look on coronavirus under our insights page. We very much hope you enjoyed this broadcast. Um, if you have any questions or queries, we're always pleased to hear from you. You can see our contact names on the electronic execution briefings, which are also stored on that coronavirus webpage. Thank you.